Well, amen. If you have your Bible this morning, I'd ask you to turn with me to Matthew 6, 24. The title of the message today is Groundbreaking. This is a big, uh, a big day in the history of this church. We've done a lot of things over the years, as you know, as you've driven by, as you've observed what all's been going on. Well, this is the biggest thing that we've ever done. And uh, we're hoping and praying that God is going to bless it in every way. Right outside of the front door to the left, right out there, there's going to be a three-story building built. And uh, it's really going to do a lot of things that will help our church move forward to reach more people, to teach more people, uh, to be helpful in so many different ways. Well, our text this morning says this, No one can serve two masters, for either he will hate the one and love the other, or he will be loyal to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and mammon. Well, today is groundbreaking. We have been laying the groundwork for what we're about today for years. This is the last part of the puzzle. This kind of pulls it all uh, together. The building will provide a very nice music suite. It will have a place for our choir to practice and for all the music uh, books and all the folders and all of that and all the robes and there'll be a music uh, office. It's really uh, going to be nice. There'll be five large Sunday school rooms in the building. There'll be extra storage space. You know, we don't have hardly any storage space in this whole church campus. So this is going to provide a lot of room for storage. And it's going to have a lot of very nice bathrooms. (laughs) You know, I've been here a number of years as pastor, and the only thing that I've ever really heard really griped about a lot were the ladies' restrooms. We're going to fix that. Uh, It is uh, going to be uh, a lot of new restrooms that are not only going to be nice, but they're going to be so nice that it will be hard for us probably to get the ladies out of there. Uh, They'll want to stay. It's going to be so nice. Well, today I'm trying, of course, to get everybody on board uh, with this project. Uh, Cindy and I have made a large commitment. We're all in on this. Uh, We're kind of giving it our all, and we hope uh, that you will. we have still a little bit over 100000 worth of bonds to sell. If you don't have yours, call the church and we'll get you in touch with Shan. And uh, Shan will be able to help and answer any of the questions that you have. When you buy the bonds, you not only help yourself, of course, through the dividends, but you also help the Lord's work. This is an important work. It's the most important work in the world. And we want to be about it. Our scripture says today that you'll either serve God or man. I want to encourage you today to step up and to plan to really support uh, this part of God's work. A ship was uh, driven off of its course by a strong wind many, many years ago. At that time, they didn't have cell phones, and they didn't have all the communication things that we have now. And so they were isolated as they were blown off course in a storm, and they wrecked on a desolate island. 
the passengers uh, got off the ship and they were able to carry in uh, to the land about two months worth of food for all the people. They were also able to carry in two sacks of seed that was on the ship. Uh, They began to cultivate the land. They didn't know how long they were going to be there, and they thought we might need to plant uh, these seeds so that we'll have something to eat later on. And so they did that, and as they began to dig and prepare the ground, uh, they found some gold ore. One of the passengers knew a lot about gold, and he said, this is gold. This is real gold. This is not fool's gold. This is real gold, and it's a high-quality gold. Well, that was all that needed to be said. The people stopped cultivating the land, and they thought, well, surely somebody's going to come by and pick us up, and so they began to look for gold. And they were all over the island digging and spading around trying to uh, find some more gold, and each family had kind of a little uh, pile of gold. Well, their supply of gold really increased, But daily, their supply of food diminished. When they finally ran out of food, it was too late to plant the seeds. So they all perished. They all starved to death on that little island with their stacks of gold. That is really the parable of life for so many folks in the world today. The glitter of the world's gold catches our eye and it detracts us from our service to the Lord. How do we use our possessions? Well, there are various ways in which we can use the things that we acquire. We really don't have to use them at all. Some people have kind of a miser's outlook and they they are very, very happy just to know that they have a large stash of finances. So they just kind of watch it and uh, rejoice in the fact that they have a lot of it. Some people, of course, are completely selfish. They spend all that they can make and all that they have on themselves. They think of possessions simply and solely in terms of what funds can do for them. Well, wealth gives power. And a corrupt man, of course, can use his resources to corrupt a lot of people or a lot of situations. And that, of course, is a terrible sin that our Lord really frowns upon. Or a man may use his possession for the happiness of others, to help those that are downtrodden, to help those that have somehow or another ended up beside the wayside uh, broken and beaten. A person will not go far wrong if he uses his possessions to see how much happiness he might be to other people and to help in whatever he does in the Lord's work. Paul remembered a saying of Jesus which everyone else had pretty much forgotten. It's in Acts 20.35. It says this, It is a happier thing to give than to get. It is characteristic of God to give. In Scripture, we have a whole record of things that he gave to us for our enjoyment, our pleasure, uh, 
our growth. And if in our lives uh, giving always ranks ahead of getting, we will use things correctly. And we, of course, in the process will become more like our Lord. As I mentioned last Sunday, we're going to need about $8,000 more per month to pay off these bonds. We really, really need your help to do that. We cut back a lot in our budget to make sure that every dollar was really needed for every line item. I hope all of you will get a copy of our church budget. Uh, we have them out there on the tables just outside of the front doors. Uh, they are just out there for you to look at and to see. Uh, we held a lot of things down so we could make room for the payment back of this million dollars uh, worth of bonds. The Lord said that we are to store up treasure in heaven. How do you do that? Well, money invested in God's work is actually put on deposit in heaven. God keeps track of every single thing. Our tithes, our mission giving, our money given for the new building, all of that is special to God's work. Where your heart is, the scripture says, you will find your treasure. If your treasure is in heaven, then guess what? You're going to think a lot about heaven. If your money is all in the bank or in the stock market, then you're going to, guess what? You're going to concentrate on the bank and the stock market and what's happening economically all over the world. You won't have any of that money when you stand in the presence of the Lord one day. There's no U-Hauls going there. Uh, you know, some people, uh, it seems like, until their very last day are trying to squeeze every penny out of the world that they possibly can uh, for themselves. Well, when we look back and we stand before the Lord, none of that will be there with us. It's hard to think about heaven because we, we really don't know all about heaven. There are some things in Scripture, but there's a lot of things that aren't that would be descriptive of it. We wish that those descriptions were there. But one day we'll be there and we'll be able to see it We'll be able to glory in it. Usually when we try and picture heaven, we kind of make another earth out of it. That's our frame of reference. We're familiar with the earth, so we probably think that uh, heaven's like that. It's round and it has mountains and valleys and rivers and seas and all of that. We don't know that, but that's probably our frame of reference. The wonderful thing about heaven that we do know for sure is that the Lord is there. And that when we're there, we'll be with him. And it'll be a wonderful, glorious day. God will know what we thought of him and thought of his work while we were here on earth. He'll know every thought that we've had. He will know of each sacrifice that we made for him and for his work and for his causes. Verse 19 and 20 say this, Don't lay up for yourselves treasures upon earth, where moth and rust doth corrupt, and where thieves break through and steal. 
but lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven where neither moth nor rust do not destroy them and where thieves do not dig through and steal. For where your treasure is, there will be your heart also. In the ordinary, everyday management of life, it is simple wisdom only to get those things which will last. I asked in the early service today how many folks still had things that they bought when they finished school. And a lot of people raised their hands, and I could raise my hand. When I graduated from Baylor, I went out and bought a set of furniture from Sears. Uh, I hate it that Sears is having such a hard time. I grew up with Sears. I love Sears. Uh, But I bought a set of furniture, and I still have it today. It was good workmanship, craftsmanship. It was very good. Well, whether we're buying clothes or a car or carpet for our home or furniture, it's common sense to avoid shoddy work, and to buy things which will have permanence and good craftsmanship. That is exactly what Jesus is talking about in our text. He is telling us to concentrate on the things that will last. Jesus calls up three pictures from the three great sources of wealth of that day. First, he tells men to avoid that which moth can destroy. In that day, a big part, a big part of man's wealth was consumed by all the clothes he had. Back then, it was the men that dressed up, not the women. Uh, They had on kind of what uh, was shoddy and what was left over. It was the guys that had all the frilly, long, draping, flowing uh, things. They had great clothes that they imported from a distant land and that they loved and that they thought were so very, very, very important. Well, but such things were foolish, of course, to set your heart upon, for the moths were all around. They were everywhere. Their value and their beauty could easily be destroyed by those moths at any time. There was no permanent about possessions like that. The second picture he gives us is uh, to avoid things that rust could destroy. It literally means an eating away. You know, rust kind of eats away at things. This word uh, in the Greek means to eat away. In that day, uh, the folks that had a lot of money, it consisted mainly of corn and grain that were placed in big barns that the wealthy people had built. And they just stored it away. Well, the problem was is that the worms would get in there and the rats and the mice, they would come. And they would start eating away, and they would get up in there, and they would make little tunnels in there. And they would just eat and eat, and they would invade the barns. And then, of course, came the pollution, and then the actual destruction of everything that was in the barn. There was no permanence about possessions like that. 
And then the final picture was one that Jesus gave where he said, to avoid the treasures which thieves can steal. In Palestine, the walls of almost all the homes were made out of nothing stronger than baked clay. That was the strongest stuff they had. So the burglars, I mean, it was very, very easy, you know, to chip through a little bit of uh, hardened clay and reach right in there and get uh, whatever was inside. There was no permanency whatsoever about a treasure that was at the constant mercy of an enterprising thief. In life, the moths and the rust and the thieves are always present. Did you know that today the thieves of the world have been able to build a little gizmo that they put in their pocket and they can walk up to you and get in close distance to you and they can turn that thing on and they can get all of the information off of your credit card without ever touching your wallet, without ever touching the credit card. All they have to be is close to you in order to do that. We should never give our joys to the years or the situations that can take away that which we have uh, held in such high esteem. We should find our delight in the things that time is powerless to erode. That which is selfishly hoarded is lost, but that which is generously given can bring treasure to us in heaven. This world is not the end of life. It's but a stage along the way. Therefore, a man should never lose his heart to this world and to the things of this world. For his eyes should be forever fixed on the goal that is beyond. This is groundbreaking day. It's a special day in the life of our church. Just after the service, as has been mentioned, I hope all of you will go outside. We don't want 27 people in this picture. Uh, we want every, everybody to stay and get in. It just take a few minutes. We've got it all set up. It's right outside the door. We want to get uh, two or 300 of you to come out and to stand with us to take this picture. We also want you to be in the picture in your prayers. We need to lift up uh, this great endeavor that we've uh, begun in your prayers. And we want you to uh, picture uh, this endeavor it, with your financial support. We're going to really need that in uh, these next few years. We are attempting to respond to the growth of our church. Our church has grown and grown and grown. We had a good crowd in the early service today. Uh, we've gone to two services much earlier than last year because we were just simply full, and we had to do it. We want to provide space where people can learn more about our risen Savior. We want people to learn some church history and some theology so that we can have adequate responses to the secularism and the immorality of our age. These new rooms will be a place for you to grow in the likeness and image of Christ. 
Please help us to build it. Well, today, uh, I know there are folks here that have been coming for a good while. And we always pray that at the end of the service, when we offer the invitation, that people will respond in faith. Perhaps if you're here today and you've never trusted in Christ as your Lord, we want to invite you today to slip out, slip forward, and take him as your Savior today. Ask him to forgive you of your sins and place your faith and trust in him. Perhaps there are those that want to join the church. I had three, this is interesting, I had three people in the early service say they were going to join next week. I always wonder why people do that. (laughs) But they do. So uh, if you're here and you'd like to come and join with us today, the doors of the church are wide open. And we'd love to have you come and join with us and serve the Lord with us. That's the most important thing that you'll ever do in your life. I'll be standing down here waiting on you to come. Let's stand together as we sing.